0: Hello and welcome to today's episode. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. Oh, welcome. We've got a very super duper special episode for you today. We've invited one of the Royal community onto the podcast to have a little kind of conversation with us, a little chat with a cup of tea, wasn't it, Rach?
1: Yeah, it was really nice actually catching up with Claire. Um, So for everyone listening, Claire runs the account Duchess of Cambridge Kensington over on Instagram. And we just chatted all things royal, didn't we?
0: Yeah, and and let's put it very bluntly. We do really ask questions about the Cambridges in this. So if you... (laughs) if you're looking for like Anne News or Charles News you're not gonna get it in this episode it's a very special episode specifically talking about the royals in general and about the Cambridges so um, it was wonderful to talk to Claire especially because we've said right at the start of the podcast that our aim was to get loads of different opinions about the royal family on the podcast and not just our own yeah and I think because we are
1: not journalists we are royal fans ourselves yeah it's really interesting to speak to different people on their views and opinions on the royals and
0: you're definitely going to hear that in this episode absolutely so if you are part of the royal community right now and maybe you have an app abs- you just love the the countess of wessex for instance or you love zara Tyndall, or you love megan and harry please feel free to email us keeping up with the Windsor's pod at gmail.com and let us know you know what you want to talk about and we'll we'll have you on the podcast. We're happy to listen to loads of different types of opinions about the royals. Um, It doesn't mean we're going to agree with them by the way but it's going to be one of those where you know it's just part of the royal community part of the discussion isn't it? Yeah
1: exactly and we met Claire over on Instagram first. She was one of the first people that actually followed us And listen to the podcast. So to have her on was really special for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there was no way in our minds that she wouldn't be the first guest. Obviously, if she did say yes, which she did, so that's (laughs) good. Without further ado, let's move on then to our interview with the lovely Claire. And an FYI, there's three of us and our Wi-Fi isn't the best. So um, it may kind of cut out slightly, but I've done my best in post-edit. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Claire. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Brilliant. So let's get started then. Tell uh, the Royal community about yourself. How did you get started with your love of the Cambridges and the Royal family?
2: Uh, Hi, everybody. Um, My name's Claire, and I run at Duchess of Cambridge Kensington on Instagram. And it was kind of a spur of the decision moment to set the Instagram page up, but it has honestly been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. It started about three days after lockdown hit, and I said, I need a new hobby. I love the Cambridges, so let's give it a whirl. Um, I watched the Royal Wedding, the 2011 Royal Wedding, But before that, I didn't know much about them, really. I didn't know anything about the royal family. I live in Ireland, so they were over there in England. (laughs) And uh, I watched the royal wedding and I kind of forgot about them then again until 2016. And that was the tour of India. I went into a shop and I happened to pick up a copy of Hello! magazine with Kate playing. Kate was in front of the Taj Mahal on the cover. And I just saw the colours of the tour and how much fun the tour looked and how they brought such a, a view to the people of India. And from then on, I just happened to start following them. and I got more and more obsessive, let's say, <laughs> until, as I said,
1: in lockdown, I decided to set up the page and here we are. So that's so interesting because obviously we started our podcast in lockdown as well and we started this because of the harry and megan interview and we was like well if we're going to start one this is the perfect time so it's interesting to know that your account started in lockdown as well yeah
2: i didn't even think about setting up one before i followed some on my instagram but i never thought about setting up one of my own and i was watching a documentary on the 2011 royal wedding and i said you know what Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it was going to last a week.
0: What was being, what's been some of the highlights then for you running the Instagram account?
2: I have to say all the people that I've met through it. like I've met you guys through it. I've met some of my best friends through it as well. We have a little group chat where we all talk about the Royals. And if I hadn't my page, I never would have been in that. I never would have met some amazing people. Uh, I've also been fortunate enough to have some great fans that love commenting and sharing the love as well of the Cambridges. And that's been amazing to know that there's such a support for them out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that we found as well, that when you have a common interest with people, you have friends all over the world because, you know, the Royals, they're so famous all over the world. So, uh, yes, a lovely community to be a part of, isn't it?
2: It really is.
0: I was also picking up that you said about the Taj Mahal and it's just, in my head, I remembered when Charles and Diana were at the Taj Mahal and she was sat there kind of looking a bit like, well, a bit sad. And then you see the difference between, you know, William and Catherine being there as well.
2: That picture, I think, is just going to go down in the history books, the two of them there,
1: looking so happy and everything. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's why they did that photo, wasn't it? Like, like you said, like because Diana looked so unhappy and then you had the Cambridges. And yeah, it was just um, a lovely photo. And I really enjoyed that tour as well. I think we saw a different side to them on that tour. It's def-
2: like looking back, I've done a highlights reel of all the tours that they've done. And that one seems to be the one where they were so loved up, for lack of a better term. They were so happy.
0: And also, it's the time where Prince William... like actually beat catherine in the fashion stakes i thought oh yeah he looked brilliant
1: when he wore that traditional indian outfit i don't know what the what it's called but he looked amazing in that and i think he shocked a lot of people by wearing that didn't he yeah definitely um so we've spoken before on our instagram um but you've actually seen the cambridges in real life haven't you or you've seen catherine is that correct
2: Yes, I was actually only talking about this yesterday, but another reason I set up the page was about 10 days beforehand, I had the pleasure of meeting William and Catherine.
1: Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Best day of my life, I'm telling you that now.
0: (laughs) Well, tell us more. We're so excited to hear more about that.
2: So um, about a couple of weeks beforehand, we all got this newsletter that there would be special guests arriving in my home city, which is Galway and Galway was the 2020 capital of culture. Now, William and Catherine were already tipped to be coming to Dublin. So I put two and two together and prayed (laughs) that it would be William and Catherine coming to Galway. Uh, We got a confirmation about 24 hours beforehand. So I got up at six o'clock in the morning. I made my way (laughs) to the Chicoli pub and I waited. They were meant to arrive earlier on than they did, but because it was really heavy fog, they had to drive down from Dublin rather than the helicopter. So I ran down to Tribeton, and I stood there on the street corner, which is where I snapped the picture of William. He was really, really close. He was waving. So lovely. Literally sprinted up to Chico, the pub, and um, fought my way up to the barrier. I was crawling. I was not missing this opportunity.
0: i love that determination
2: (laughs) yeah and my profile picture is a picture that i got and that a friend of mine did a minimalist drawing of once then they'd done their little walk about they were so catherine she just she's so
1: surreal in real life is she as stunning in real life as she looks in the photos more stunning wow and can you remember the outfit that she was wearing? It was
2: the Alexander McQueen green coat dress. She wore it in Bradford and she also wore it on the walkabout in Galway. And she had her Ralph Lauren boots on. And somebody nearby gave her some daffodils so she was carrying them too. And then at Coley, the owners presented William with a bottle of really wh- rare whiskey, which is called Middleton whiskey. And William then gave it to Catherine outside.
0: Aww. I want to see him take a shot, take a shot. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you're in Galway, that's what you do. Oh, amazing. Um, I There's a little slipway and I ran down the slipway to see them driving to Salt Hill and she looked at me and she waved <gasps> and I
0: nearly fainted. Aww. Catherine knows you <laughs> exist. I know.
2: <laughs> I went down to my university lecture. And I just sat there and
1: I didn't hear a word to the lectures. Uh,
0: so you had to go to university after this. You couldn't even like take a break. No, I had
1: to go straight uh, to university. And did you, um, all these um, photos, Claire, are these on your Instagram page? Yes, all of these are on my Instagram.
2: And I'm also, so if you scroll down a little, they're there and they're under the hashtag uh, tour 2020. And I've them popped up on a highlight reel as well towards the end, uh, before the tours.
1: Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So if you want to check all of those photos out that Claire took, head on over to her Instagram. That's pretty amazing because obviously we love the Royals, but we've never had the opportunity to meet William and Catherine. And I'm gutted because Catherine um, came to Bletchley Park um, and she was wearing that infamous Alessandra Rich dress, you know, the um, blue polka dot. Yeah. And that is, I'm not even kidding. Michelle knows this. It's not even about a 10 minute walk from where my parents live. And I didn't know she was going to be there. And I'm so gutted to this day that I never got the opportunity to see her.
0: Cause I would have been like you, I would have been there at like five o'clock <laughs> in the morning like, outside. Yeah. Do, do you know what makes me laugh though? Claire, you said that you didn't know whether it was going to be William and Catherine, but could you just imagine if you turned up and it was like a Z-list celebrity? You'd be like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> to university i go
2: exactly i'd wait outside the lecture hall at six in the morning <laughs> yeah
0: uh what lesson was it that you had to go into i had to go to um macroeconomics. oh ah. i
2: remember okay. minutes by minute that day it was over a year ago but i remember minutes by minutes that day <laughs>
0: That's the power of the royals though, isn't it? Because we just meet people, but they know that when people meet them, they talk about it for the rest of their lives. And so it's so important on these royal visits that they are so open and welcoming. And obviously they've made a massive impression on you, Claire.
1: They really did. We've spoken before on our Instagram and um, we have, all have a shared love of Catherine's fashion. And what would you say for you is her standout fashion moment? Um,
2: If you follow my page, you'll know I'm an avid replicator. Uh, I love to get some of her real Kate's actual pieces she's worn and some replicates as well. So my wardrobe is modeled off of hers. Uh, so the standout fashion moment for me, not in the sense that I liked it, in the sense that I was wowed that this is kind of out there, was the Alessandra Rich dress she wore when she arrived in Ireland and she met our president and the t you know the green um, petulant waist flowery yeah, one with the headband. Yes, <laughs> but my favorite outfit she's ever worn was the Alexander McQueen skirt suit she wore on her first day of India, the um, red patterned one. I think that's been my favorite. What about you guys? What's your favorite fashion moment Catherine
1: has had? Oh, it's been so many. I absolutely love, to this day, the outfit that she wore for Prince Louis' christening.
0: Oh, that is
1: so amazing. Uh, I've looked and that hat band is about £700. But if I had the money, I would definitely buy that hat band. I don't know where I'd wear it. (laughs) (laughs) Buy the hat band.
2: (laughs) We'll have high tea in London sometime and we'll all come in our best pieces well
1: claire the jubilee is next year you know? <laughs> true as me and michelle said before we're planning to go for the four days like, we're going big if you can get over from ireland let's do it
2: <laughs> at the airport's 20 minutes from my house the flight is an hour i'll be there in an hour and a half yeah. and we can all
1: watch the balcony and oh can't wait
0: <laughs> love it Um, My I've got three The first one I absolutely love The Balula London uh, pink dress She wore at Wimbledon uh, this year Absolutely stand out Beautiful Another one is actually when she just got married She wore a Jenny Pacman, I think To the BAFTAs or not to the BAFTAs But one of like the award shows The pink one Yes the pink one with all like the the Mm. silver sequins Oh honestly I was in heaven It was just a beautiful dress and then my third is obviously the wedding dress. Stand out, beautiful. So, that's, those are my three picks.
1: I mean, I just love everything that she wears.
0: <laughs> For me, she can't, she can't put a foot
1: wrong. There are some times, like, I think um, she was at the VA when the Hold Steel project came out, and there was a dress, and I think that was Alexandra Rich. And I think we mentioned it in the podcast. It was quite like a drop waist, and I wasn't 100% on that dress. I didn't think it really suited her, but I think anything that she does wear, she looks absolutely stunning in. And um, she always looks so put together, even when she's in casual outfits. She just looks spot on.
0: Yeah, like when she was getting a vaccination, and she looked like a supermodel.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes,
0: amazing. We were
1: like not that. We were like '90s supermodel vibes right there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we have spoken numerous times on the podcast of our love for the tenth anniversary video Claire (laughs) Claire, what did you think when you saw that video was you as blown away by it and do you still think about it on a daily basis like we do I think I have to watch it like once every week once every two weeks (laughs) reset
2: myself it really blew me away I wasn't expecting a video like that with all of the family together that was really really nice to see I was speechless afterwards I thought the homey feel of it we got to see a side of them that isn't the professional side we got to see the family we got to see the couple that got married and not the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge if you know what I mean
0: I couldn't agree with you more actually Claire I think it did really bring out who they are as a couple and then them creating their family together I also like the fact that it was in Norfolk as well that was really nice Yeah, and
1: I think, like you said, the fact that we got to see them as a family and we got to see the children, whenever we do see the children, they're on the balcony, you know, or trooping the colour. We don't really get to see them a lot. So that was such a nice surprise. And I just love all the little times, like the other week when there was that photo of Charlotte released for the big butterfly count. And I just love that we see these glimpses of them, but we don't see them as much as what we did with William and Harry when they were growing up. What do you think about the kids, Claire? Do you like that? Would you like to see them more? Or do you think we get to see them enough and they should just be left to have their childhood?
2: I do love seeing the kids. I really do, especially Prince George at the football matches and all that. I love to see them growing up, you know, and they seem to be very comfortable in the role as William and not only William and Catherine's kids, but as princes and princesses. Now, unfortunately, I think we won't be seeing a lot of them anymore um then that's due to the bullying is the only way I can put it after the what George received after the football matches and the new HBO series The Prince I think we're only going to get more official photos anymore which I'm really sad about because it was lovely to see them as a family like uh, with David Attenborough do you remember that picture I think it was last year
1: that was yeah. so cute.
0: I, see, I, I've got a very different opinion about that I, I don't want to see them I really want them to have a childhood I really want them to blossom as children And then into adults And then to see them as they get older And then have the choice Because it's so different now Than it was when Charles and Anne and Edward And um, Andrew were growing up So for me, I'm like It's nice to see a picture of them on their birthday And like waving on the balcony But I don't I don't want to see them any more than that so it's, it's, it's different, isn't it? Like everyone has um, their, their own opinions. I think, Rach, you'd probably want to see them more, right?
1: No, I mean, I'd like to, I like seeing them. I do like seeing them, but I think they should have their childhood. I think um, when they go on royal tours, we've not had one with the three children. So it'll be interesting when they can tour again, if that will happen, if the kids will go with them. But yeah, I think they should just be left to their childhood. They can't help that they've been born into the royal family. They don't have a choice in that. Obviously, as they get older, maybe they'll be able to make that decision for themselves, how much they put themselves in the spotlight. But um, I think it's very telling that we don't see a lot of them and we're only given information when the when William and Catherine want us to have that information.
0: So, Claire, what are your thoughts on the future of the monarchy?
1: I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. Whether I see,
2: I know Harry has rattled the monarchy. Monarchy has been rattled before, so I don't see this being a big disaster. I think after the Queen passes, there is going to be a big rattle. And that is going to set what is going to happen for the monarchy for many years to come. I feel Charles is going to take over after the Queen for a couple of years. He's been training for this his whole life. He's not going to pass it to William. I hate saying this, but the Queen is 95. And at that age, you know, Louis and, Charles, Louis and Charlotte and George are still going to be quite young. So I don't see William wanting to take over the monarchy at that point. But I, I see it surviving as far as Prince George when he's
1: king. I don't know if mm. I see it beyond that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think um, we've spoken before about a lot of people would prefer if William and Catherine were king and queen over Charles and Camilla. And although we've said this before, that that's not going to happen. That's not how the institution works. Like you said, Charles has been trained for this role for his whole life. And obviously the monarchy was very different when he was born to what it is now. So I think it's very, um, you're going to see a shift popularity of the monarchy when Charles becomes king waiting for William to become king and then I think there will definitely be more of an uplift when William ascends to the throne in the popularity but I agree I think you know we've said before William's very popular and I think George will be very popular as well as he grows up and we see more of him and what the Cambridges let us see of him as well and so yeah it'll be interesting. Shell what do you think?
0: i think that if the institution can uh weather the storm of an abdication they'll be able to weather the storm of harry and Meghan leaving and the changes that are going to come up uh very soon you know, it's awful i hate speaking about it because it means the queen has to die but you know we're just talking about it when eventually the queen does pass away um the, it does get passed to charles so I think it's going to look very different but remember our society is going to be different and we will be different at that time.
1: Yeah, I think Britain is so synonymous with the monarchy isn't it? I mean, when you speak to tourists from other countries, one of the first things they want to go and see is Buckingham Palace because that's where the queen lives. You know, ev- everybody knows who the queen is. Everybody knows who William and Catherine are. So, I think going forward it's how they maneuver from the queen that majority of us has grown up with, and we don't know any different, to then having Charles as the king.
2: Um, again, just building off what you've said, she brings this motherly feel to the country. I don't know if you know yeah. the story, a couple of, well not a couple of years ago, about 15, 20 years ago, there was a group of American tourists in Moro, and they were out for a walk near the grounds of the castle belonging to the queen. And the queen and her bodyguard happened to be out for a walk. And she obviously was not dressed in any formal wear. She had a headscarf on. And the tourists didn't recognize her. And they walked up to her and said, Have you ever met the queen? And she started to laugh and turned to her bodyguard and said, No, but he has. And then walked away. <laughs> Oh,
1: I love that. That
0: is brilliant. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. I think she's hilarious. Mm.
1: See, the Queen has a sense of (laughs) humour. Oh,
0: brilliant stuff.
1: What are some of your favourite charities or patronages that the Cambridges support?
2: I I think my favourite one is the Action on Addiction. I was kind of surprised when they took on that patronage because when you think of addiction, you wouldn't really associate the royal family with wanting to work with something... For lack of a better word, as taboo as addiction, but to bring that to light and that this is a problem that people all over the world face, um, I was pleasantly surprised that um, they took that one, and they're doing so much work with it too, which is amazing. I also love the nursing now and Catherine's uh, patronage the Royal College of OBGYNs, um, because that's all about women's reproductive health and again that's kind of a taboo subject especially for the royal family but to bring that to light and especially that she's not only working with people in britain but also in the commonwealth and in some other areas poorer areas that would not have the resources that a first world country would have is amazing and sophie the countess of Wessex, has done some work as well recently talking about menopause and everything over zoom again a bit of a taboo. Subject for the royal family but something that I was pleasantly surprised to see
1: yeah and that's the whole point of the royal family isn't it is to raise awareness of these charities maybe like you said like charities you may not have heard of before and the fact that they are getting involved and you know that that's it can only be um good thing for the charities that they support
0: and as well sometimes you don't even know I mean I, I speak from personal experience Some of these charities I've never heard of before And then as soon as I get They shine the light on it I'm like, this is just the most amazing charity Absolutely incredible Mm. I think some of the patronages Prince William has gone uh, with They did trickle down from the same theme That Princess Diana chose I I just love the fact that he's so inspired by her And that filters down into the charities That he chooses to be a part of as well
1: Yeah, and I think you can see that With the
0: Airshot Prize, can't
1: you? That's definitely trickled down from Prince Philip and Prince Charles, and now he's taken that on as a way to how we can help to save our planet. So I think everyone would like to know, Claire, what are your thoughts on the Harry rift? Um, If you follow my page, you'll know that I have
2: a fact check on the Harry and Meghan Oprah interview already, and if you haven't listened to that, definitely listen to this podcast first and. Then listen to my fact check. Um, I'm going to do an updated one as well on parts of it that have actually been proven to have been a little shady, maybe a little false, but we won't get into that now. I don't feel it's as bad as the abdication, but it has the potential to be. I really don't understand how Harry has just walked away from his family, everything that he's known, and moved straight across the world, and then just started insulting them as much as he possibly could. I can't wrap my head around that fact at all.
0: <laughs> it's sad as well, isn't it? Because uh, we grew up with Harry, so it's weird that we just don't hear about him or see him very much anymore.
2: It's strange. And what do you think of... I know he's using Diana's name and image a lot. What do you think of that?
0: In what way has he used her image, Claire? Just so, I'm, so, just so I'm clear.
2: Yeah, so we'll say using the name but Diana
0: for his daughter...
2: Uh, He uses her name quite a lot when promoting things, and Megan, I've noticed those too, especially in charity work and that, and not in the sense that I know William and Catherine use it um, by promoting the same ideals as her, but for lack of a better term, Harry and Megan seem to be cashing in on her image trying
1: to think of what i think of that
0: (laughs) i actually i I don't i don't have a problem with that i think it's the way in which they do it is in good taste in my opinion meaning that that is that's his mum and if it was my mum and you know she'd passed away and she'd inspired me to do a b and c i think i'd want to talk about it so in that regard yes maybe it's a bit of a pr spin in certain instances but you know, I I don't think I've I've got, got a problem with it to be honest. Yeah, like you said,
1: it's his mother. I think you know he can he has the license to use that name and her memory how he wants. But I understand where you're coming from, Claire. Where it does feel like, especially with the name Lilybet Diana, I personally didn't agree with the whole Lilybet name. I can understand Diana as a name because um, Charlotte is called. Charlotte, Elizabeth, Diana. To me, the name that the name didn't bother me. The Lilybet name did. Diana didn't bother me. I think it would have been a bit weird if they had called her Diana, but obviously they didn't. But yeah, I think it's it's interesting to think that that's how you feel that they're cashing in on that.
0: So how do, how do you feel now? They've they've actually left the royal family.
1: I think that was the best move,
2: um, for them, especially for Meghan, um, to take a step back especially when they decided that they would take a step back for a year and see how things went i thought that would was a brilliant idea for them my issue i don't have any issue with megan or harry's charity work the only issue i have with them is they've left the royal family why keep dragging them through the mud like just sever your ties let it go <laughs> why yeah. keep
1: bringing up things that have happened. Do you think his memoir that's coming out next year, do you think that's going to be a big bomb going off within the institution and the monarchy? I, I actually don't. I think he, he's done so much bashing that nobody takes him seriously
2: anymore. The interview with Oprah was shocking, yes, but that lost all its credibility after the Dax Shepherd, um podcast and the subsequent press releases that we got so I don't think the memoir is going to be as shocking as what he's trying to make it out to be but I do still think it it will be a bloodbath and if he goes ahead with it his relationship with William is essentially over
0: do you think William's gonna fare lightly in this book
2: he's fared lightly so far so I'm guessing Mm. that he is probably gonna get bashed in this one but I think If Harry only bashes William, then William will be able to handle it. It's If Harry starts to bash Catherine for the Queen, then I don't see William. I see William as it stands right now, forgiving him. But if Harry goes after William and especially Catherine, that will be it. I I think he has too much respect for the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh to say anything
1: about them as well. Mm. Do you think we're going to have revelations about Prince Charles at all? I think he's going to go for the jugular with Prince Charles.
2: I think he will.
0: See, I think the memoir is literally going to be a memoir. I think he's probably going to put about 10 or 15 lines of things that could potentially mean something else if that makes sense. The press, they'll have a field day in in dissecting every single word he says. But actually, I think we're going to just get the inner workings, the inner internal world of Harry, him going to Afghanistan, how he felt about his mum when she died. And I think that's what he sold to Penguin, the publishing house. I don't think he sold, I'm going to, you know, reveal this, this and this, because actually... He's already done it on a TV show.
1: Yeah. But then what was he holding back? Yeah, he didn't
2: name names really in the interview.
0: It's one of those things where we're on the outside looking in and we'll never really know the truth unless we buy Harry's memoir. (laughs) (laughs) Buy
2: Harry's memoir for the truth. I was one person, I was so excited when I found out that Meghan and Harry were engaged, seeing this strong, confident beautiful woman that would come into the royal family and bring a breath of fresh air bring new interest. I was absolutely delighted but now this is just me gathering information from reading and seeing accounts and everything it seemed to be and I said this in my fact check as well It seems to be about Meghan's behavior and her attitude towards royal life, British life, her staff, rather than anything else, really. Now, of course, I empathize with everything that she's been through. But when you behave a certain way, you can't really expect to be treated differently to the way you've behaved, if that makes sense.
0: How do you feel about William and Harry over the years? Because they were so close when their mum passed away. Then when Catherine came into the firm, they were doing engagements together. What do you think about their connection as brothers throughout the years?
2: Um, I think seeing them growing up together, seeing them being through that trauma of their mother passing away together. They had such a strong, close bond and brothers fight, siblings fight. And I I see their bond being so strong that given the right amount of time, and conversations that need to be had they will have that back again
0: i I couldn't agree you more there claire i think that's what families do they fight they come back they're not perfect people they may be royals but they're 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 imperfect they're human beings you know and they make mistakes
1: and the thing is we we're never going to be told if they're speaking they could have like quite a cordial relationship at the moment they could be having weekly FaceTimes, but we'll never know that. They're never going to divulge that information to us because it just feeds them into the press.
0: I mean, he could have bought Archie a smoothie maker. He's going <laughs> to make it from the Queen.
1: <laughs> you never know. You never you know. Never know. <sighs> so Claire, what do you think is next for the Cambridges? Like, what do you think their role is going forward?
2: I think it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I see them as now that the Queen is getting older. Duke of Edinburgh has passed away and the senior members of so the Queen's children are also getting older and the Cambridge children are getting older. I see William and Catherine taking on a much stronger, more visible role within the royal family. We've seen that, I think, within the past year, especially during lockdowns, the amount of charity work that they've been doing, especially over Zoom. Um, Much, much more engagements than what we've been used to from the early years. Um, So very excited to see that. I also see some more diplomatic relationships being formed. Again, tours. We had the meeting between William and Catherine and the president of Ukraine and his wife. That was a unique one for William and Catherine. Normally, we would have seen them with the American politicians, but it would have been the Queen and Prince Charles normally with politicians and more leaders from other countries, especially when they're coming to the UK. So that was quite nice to see um and i i'm hoping to see some more tours with with three cambridge children
0: (laughs) it's been hard over lockdown hasn't it because the engagements just went to like just zoom meetings and we're so used to having that excitement of them going out and and seeing people and you know william has taken more of a, a front row seat it's like an apprenticeship isn't it into being a monarch and like you said with him meeting um the president of ukraine Again, it's one of those things where they're meeting diplomats, they're being the figureheads for the Commonwealth. And it's going to be really exciting to see what happens as we go along. Okay, so thank you so much, Claire, for coming on today and talking to us. You are the first member of the uh, the Royal Community to come onto the podcast. And it's been so lovely to chat to you. Now, what we want to know is what is next for you? And obviously, you've got your social media accounts. But what is next for you, Claire?
2: What is next for me? Um, trying to keep everything balanced. Uh, back to university now next week. So getting into my penultimate year.
0: <laughs> oh, well, all the best with that.
2: Thank you. I'll, I'll be thinking of the Cambridges. I can't sit in that lecture hall anymore without thinking of the <laughs> Cambridges.
0: <laughs> and are you going to be um, keeping your social media account open for the foreseeable future?
2: Of course. So we're going to be keeping up with our usual feed posts of some fabulous pictures I find of the Duchess of Cambridge. My stories usually consist of either me ranting about something, (laughs) updates, or uh, I have highlight reels on tours. I'm working on one for the patronages right now and pictures that I've taken as well.
0: One thing I love about your Instagram account, Claire, is you do the which, which outfits you like of Catherine's. So this one or that one. And I'm like, right, okay, here we go.
1: I <laughs> love a good outfit post. That's always
2: fun. And then I do, I'm a bit less on them now because university is back, but I do live videos on fact check. So if you want to send me in a topic and we'll fact check it and I'll do a live video on that. So we've done the, the interview, the interview (laughs) the funeral of the Duke of Edinburgh uh, the Martin Bashir interview and we've talked to royal titles as well and I love doing those fact checks
1: it's always so interesting isn't it yeah because I think sometimes when you're a royal follower watcher fan whatever you want to call it you just see the glamorous side of it and it's not until you start maybe doing like an Instagram account or like us with a podcast that you really get into the ins and outs of their actual lives their working lives and what they represent and what they actually do for the country that's very true they like as i said when i first started watching
2: i thought it was tours and gowns and tiaras i didn't realize how much work it is to be royal
1: yeah
0: so where can uh, our listeners find you claire what's your instagram handle you can find me on instagram under duchess of cambridge Kensington. So Duchess of Cambridge
2: for Catherine and Kensington, where you'll usually find her.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for speaking to us today, Claire. And thank you so much for being a massive supporter of our podcast and of Rachel and I. Honestly, it's, it's, it's wonderful to uh, like have a friend, a royal community friend. Of course.
2: It's amazing I like to come home after a long day and what better way than to listen about what the royals have been up to during the week.
1: <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate it. And as we said at the start of the podcast, you were one of our first listeners one of the first people to comment so yeah we've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last well it's only been since March really that we started the podcast Michelle so it feels like we've been doing this for way longer
0: yeah and hopefully Claire we will see each other at the Platinum Jubilee
2: we 100% will <laughs>
0: watch this space world <laughs> community we'll keep you up to date
2: loving us. thank you so much for having okay, me thanks.
0: And that was the lovely Claire from the Royal community. And again, like we said, thank you so much to Claire for coming on. If you would like to be part of our next Royal community spotlight, then feel free to um, come over to Instagram at keeping up the Windsor's pod and send Rachel a DM, let her know everything you want to talk about. Or email us keeping keepingupwiththewindsorspod at gmail.com. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back to our regular
1: schedule next week where we may have some more Royal news because
0: hopefully the Royals will be out in force now that the summer is officially over. Yeah, so they will be back to their normal engagements and it'll be quite exciting to hear what they've got in store for us for the rest of 2021.
1: Yeah, so until next week, we'll see you on Keeping, keeping Up With The, the Windsors.